0: Yeah, I think in solo queue, communication teamwork is really overrated, I think. A lot of time, especially in lower idos, uh, you should definitely disregard your team. You, you shouldn't need your team to be able to win games most of the time. You should just have a very, especially as Echo, you, you should have a very selfish playstyle. I just uh, play a lot of my games with everyone in the game muted. Their pings, their chat, everything muted. I just play my own game because not only do I not get distracted by my team, but also, I think, for improvement, I think you should only make your own decisions. If you're sitting listening to your team's pains, you're, you're not really learning. You're, you're getting told what to do. You should be able to gather all the information yourself. It's not easy, but if you want to become the best, I think that's a goal, at least, to work towards. Mm-hmm.
1: Welcome to Challenger Insights, where we dive into the minds of the best League of Legends players to figure out how they think about the game. I'm your host, Lucas, and today I'm joined by Ha Ha Never Lucky. He's a Challenger Echo One Trick, playing him in the mid lane. He's reached up to 920 LP on the Challenger leaderboard, putting him at rank 60 in Europe. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, thank you for being on the podcast.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me.
1: No problem. Alright, so what made you pick up Echo in the first place?
0: I picked him up, picked him up a long time ago. It was, he was released in 2015, and I didn't really like him at the release. He was very different from one, uh, what he is now. He was more of a like, tankier champion. He used to have a slow and he had a lot less damage. He ended up being like a tank jungler at the beginning, so I really didn't like Echo. But like after a year of him getting nerfed, um, like, he, he got uh, buffed quite a bit with his AP ratios while his base damage got nerfed. So I thought he was pretty cool then. And I also wanted a champ that could be like my champion. A champ that I got really good at. And at that point, when I picked him up, Echo wasn't very popular. No one used to ban him. No one really played him. There wasn't really any good Echo player. So I thought, sure, I'll I'll play him because he was a lot of fun, and I just had a lot of, a lot of success with him from the beginning.
1: Awesome! I didn't know that he was more of a tank back then. I guess yeah. Once you have those AP ratios, he becomes a lot like uh, yeah, more of an assassin, right?
0: Yeah, that's exactly what happened. He used to be used to be played with uh, what was it called Cinder Hulk in the jungle, and people went full tank with him, and it was really boring. So. <laughs> Yeah.
1: So, um, you play him uh, in mid, obviously, but he can still be played in the jungle as well. Um, do you ever play him in the jungle? Like, how does it uh, compare?
0: Yeah, I I do play him in jungle. It kind of depends on my mood nowadays. It's like, Ekwes, he's a very different champ in the jungle because when you play mid, your main goal is to be split pushing to survive laning phase against a lot of hard matchups. But in the jungle, you are... You're also very weak in the early game, but it's very different because you don't really have to avoid getting poked or be scared. You have to think about totally different things like being careful from invades because Echo isn't very a strong early game jungler. He's he's usually like getting hunted by the more meta junglers, like Graves, Kindred, Lilia, Hecarim, those gems, they really like to bully you. So in a sense he's he's a bit similar because you're not usually the one dictating what's going to happen, you usually have to be reactive. But just playing jungle in general, I'm not big a fan of, uh, a big fan of the role. I like to play mid. feels more like a more skilled role playing mid lane, while jungle is so reliant on your team, on your laners. And it's also a very hard role, I think. Jungle is very hard to play jungle well, especially when you play against people who have played hundreds and thousands of games of jungle. And when I'm a mid laner, it can be a bit overwhelming playing against, for example, a and LEC jungler.
1: Right. All right, makes sense. So when it comes to Echo mid, why do you choose Echo uh, and not any of the other mid assassins? Like, what can you do on Echo that you can't do on something like uh, Fizz or Zed or Diana?
0: What I like about Echo is he's really versatile. He can do very surprising things. He can almost win any single uh, 1v1 and any single laning phase. For example, Fizz, he's a very straightforward champion. He has his R. When you're playing as Fizz, the only thing you're thinking about is, okay, I have to dodge his R. That's the only thing he can do. Uh, Zed, kind of the same thing. He chose his shadow. He pokes you. He goes in with ult. Diana, same thing. She, she's really straightforward. But Echo has a lot of ways to play the game. You can play with your Q, just play safe, wave clear. You can use your E in many different ways. It's not just an engage. You can dash over walls. You can dodge skill shots. You can go back and forth. And probably the most interesting thing about Echo is his R. There's there are so many ways to use the R, and it just feels a lot more rewarding to put thousands of games in compared to a lot of the other assassins, because yeah, this the skill skill ceiling of Echo it it just keeps growing. The way you can use your and your W. It it feels so rewarding when you can do it, when you do it properly and you when you hit them, but it's constantly evolving the ways people react to your W and to your R and it's just so much fun to play. I never feel satisfied if you know what I mean. I feel like I can always get better and do better.
1: Okay, awesome. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I can see how Echo's kit lends to much more of a yeah a high skill ceiling. I guess that does also mean that people play Echo in lots of different ways. So what I'm interested in is, uh, compared to how other people play Echo mid, uh, what kind of makes your playstyle different?
0: Uh, so my Echo playstyle is generally very split-pushing, side-laning reliant. I really like to just take it slow in the early game, don't take too many risks. Uh, while a lot of other Echo players, they think, OK, Echo has really nice wave clear with his Q. Let's just throw the Q level 1 on the minions. Let's push the wave. I usually take it slow in, I would say, 95% of matchups. I want to let the enemy push and just take it slow, calculated. I don't take that many risks. A lot of people also talk about it goes level 2 power spike. But a lot of the time, it's it's not worth getting the level 2 power spike because it's, it's not very, very realistic that you can actually get a good trade-off against any competent mid laner. So I always take it very slow. Just win the game by playing methodical, playing to farm abusing the fact that Echo's Q is really good as a wavecrawl tool. I usually run minion dematerializer just to get the Q push even faster. Or if I don't go minion dematerializer, anyways, I always aim to get enough AP early on to be able to uh, one-shot the wave with my Q. So my entire goal is just to get good farm, get into a side lane because that's where Echo thrives. He can farm jungle camps really fast, so you can push wave, go farm a jungle camp or two, keep pushing, it's very hard to catch, so I'm trying to abuse almost every aspect of Echo's kit.
1: Okay, interesting. So if you're if you're playing Echo, basically almost passively, right? Um, are you kind of waiting for the enemy laner to make a mis- mistake or like get too aggressive? Um, like, uh, what's what's your plan? Like, why
0: do you do it? Yeah, that's basically it. Because when you play Echo, Echo is a very reactive champ, especially in the early game. There are so many matchups where. You cannot trade unless the enemy makes a mistake. Against Syndra, you can't trade unless she has used her E. Against Zoe, you can't trade unless she has used her E. Against Zed, you can't trade if he has W up. So you always just want to bait out these abilities and then punish. Because if you go in while Zoe has her E up, for example, she's just going to hit you for free and kite you out because... Echo relies on getting that EQ and then the passive proc to run away. If you can't do that, you're gonna you're gonna take a lot of damage.
1: Okay, cool. So, um, what are kind of the most important differences between uh, a good Echo player and a bad Echo player?
0: I would say the main difference is probably the CS numbers. A lot of bad Echo players they end up having really really bad farm because first of all they take way too much damage in lane. A good Echo player will he he realizes that Echo is not an early game champion and you have to play like that. You have to take it slow, you have to get farm while not getting poked, and then you have to transition that into, into the mid-game and it can it's, it's really important as Echo to abuse the fact that you have a really good wave player and having good farm will get you really far. I think if you can farm perfectly, almost perfectly every single game and have like 10 CS per minute. You will automatically climb to at least Diamond Plus, for sure, even if you are very, very bad at the game in general. Okay,
1: so how do you do that? How do you CS well without taking poke damage?
0: It's all about using your Q in the early game and not going for the minions that uh, the enemy will punish you for going for For example, if you're playing against uh, an Orianna, if uh, there's a minion about to get low and Orianna has all her abilities up, you don't want to walk up and auto-attack it, because when you're auto-attacking, you're standing still. Oriana will Q-W you, auto-attack you, and you will lose around 200 HP for a single minion. This, this is the same for a lot of matchups. Playing against Sundra too, if you go for an auto-attack on a minion and she has her abilities up, she will combo you. So it's all about queuing the minions that, that the enemy will try to contest you for, and auto-attacking the minions that the enemy can't punish you for going for. So it's very important to know the matchups well when you play Echo.
1: When you say queuing a minion, do you mean like you're using Q to secure like a single minion or basically what's the idea for it?
0: Yeah, you, in the early game, you don't want to use Echo's Q to, to be pushing the wave. Usually you want to queue in a way that you get that minion you want and then it doesn't hit anyone like any other minion. You want to just hit the exact minions you want to go for.
1: Okay, Um, do you not run out of mana by spamming Q that way?
0: You do. You you do run out of mana eventually, but that's that's how you learn to farm in the early game because some minions are worth queuing for, some are not. For example, if you queue for one minion and then suddenly like three other minions get really low and you lose all those three, then the queue was really bad. You generally want to get effective queues. You want to queue in a way that you get three, four minions maybe in the same queue, but. there's a reason you usually run TP on Echo, and you run Torrent Ring or Crafting Potion to get that mana sustain to be able to keep farming with Q in the early game. Right.
1: OK. Are there any other, uh, like, these kind of small tricks that you use on Echo? Like, not just farming. Like, uh, what is what is almost like the, the micro stuff that you do uh, to make your laning phase
0: better? Mm-hmm. I would say. My E usage, for example, I always use my E to dodge out an important abilities, I think it's very important. You should never be greedy with your E as Echo. always, if there's an important high damage ability coming towards you, just E away to dodge it, because Echo's E has a really low cooldown, it's 9 seconds at rank 1, so, and it's only 40 mana, so you're pretty free to use it as much as possible, because in a lot of matchups you run out of HP before you run out of mana. So don't be afraid to use some mana to save some HP. And also, a kind, of, kind of a cool mechanic that, that I use in my laning phase is that I don't skill my R early game. Even if I hit level 6, I wait to put a point in my R, so the enemy won't know that I have it. And this usually gets me a lot of kills, because when the enemy can't see my, my ult trail, they get really confused. A lot of players have learned about this, and they know that I'm saving my R. For example, it still catches junglers off-guard, catches the support to roam off-guard, because even if you, if your laner, if your enemy laner realizes that you just haven't skilled your R yet, it's not easy to know if you're a support or a jungler going to gank Echo. If you don't see that he has ult trail, usually they think he doesn't have it. This gets me a lot of kills and a lot of advantages.
1: I know that I've fallen for that before. Like... I I know about the trick, but it's so hard to tell whether he just hasn't skilled it or whether it's actually on cooldown when he's six.
0: Yeah, but also, I also abuse this because I like to ult back to lane, especially if my wave is in a bad uh, bad state, which means I will lose a lot of minions if I recall. So what I do sometimes is I just, uh, even if I haven't leveled my ult yet, I recall, level my ult, and ult back to lane. And the enemy will think that OK, he has, still hasn't leveled it, but I have actually recalled and ulted back. And I don't actually have it.
1: That's smart. <laughs> so as long as, you're, um, as long as you're doing that trick while out of Vision, they won't know that you've actually ulted back to yep. lane. Yep. OK, smart. OK, so you mentioned TP earlier. And I kind of want to talk about uh, summoner spells for a bit. Um, I see that you run TP and flash the most often, but in a few games, you also run TP and ignite. Why would you pick this, and, and how do you kind of play without Flash?
0: So the reason I picked this is because, in general, Echo's hardest matchups are the ones who can heal a lot, because Echo's combo is EQ, passive proc, and run, and you don't really have consistent damage. That's it. If you go for a trade, you don't have more damage after that, and if the enemy has some kind of healing, they will just, they will just heal back up, and when you go for the next trade, it's, it's completely useless, because they will be at full HP again. So that's why I like to go Ignite, because if you have Ignite, it's mainly to reduce the healing. So let's say I play against Aurelia, I do a combo on her, and she tries to fight back. Usually she will heal quite a bit, but since I have Ignite, I reduce all the healing. I can keep fighting her, and I can finish her off with my next combo. Same thing for, for example, playing Silas. It allows you to, to beat those healing champs, but that's just Ignite. The reason I run TP as well is because a lot of these matchups, first of all, the enemy actually runs TP as well. For example, Silas will always run TP. But uh... if you have Flash and Ignite, because you re- you need Ignite to uh, to reduce the healing. So if you run Flash Ignite, the Silas player will just take it pretty slow in the lane, and then he will, he will recall and TP back, and then you're kind of stuck there with your Ignite and Flash. You're probably a bit low and and low on mana. So so to solve this problem, I just I just dropped my Flash because Echo is not really one of the best Flash users. You have a lot of those champs like. Cassiopeia, who can R flash, or like Fizz can E flash on his E and do some crazy mechanics. But Echo doesn't really have that. He has his combo and then that's it. Flash doesn't amplify his kit that much. It's more uh, for escaping that you want to take Flash. But again, Echo has pretty good mobility. He has his R, he has passive, you have your E dash. It's pretty hard to catch her even if you don't have Flash. But still, uh, if if you're queuing up for a game and the enemy jungler sees that you're not running flash they're probably gonna be thinking about camping you so you just uh, just want to take it a bit more slow and and safe the thing that i learned when i didn't run flash is that i pay really really good attention to the jungler compared to when i run flash because you will get camped and it, like even if you had been running flash you would have flashed you wouldn't need to flash away when you get ganked if you're not paying attention. But when you're playing with with ignite T P, you're constantly warding, constantly looking out for the enemy jungle, constantly thinking about his position, and it actually helps me learn how to play around jungle better, even when I run flash.
1: I like that. That's a that's a fun way of. Well, it's both uh, advantageous, obviously, to take that ignite N T P, but also it's a good way of training yourself to, um, yeah, to pay even more attention to uh, enemy junglers. I also really like, by the way, the. Uh, just let me uh, see if I got this right. Um, the whole idea of running Ignite is so that you can use it during a trade, but you're not even using it to kill the enemy. Um, you're just using it to reduce his healing, right?
0: Yeah, generally. But usually, since you're reducing the healing, you, you want to go for the kill when you have it. Because it, it depends, of course, on the situation. But a lot of the time, against these champs like Aurelia, you want to Ignite in a way that, because Ignite lasts five seconds, and you're, like, as Echo, your Q and E, they're at 7 and 9 seconds, depends on the time of the game. So you can do your combo, you ignite them, then you can keep fighting them, and they won't be healing on you. Usually they're, like, healing on you because you have no abilities up, but since uh, they're ignited, their healing is reduced by 60%, which means you can keep fighting, and then you finish them up with uh, you finish them off with the, the next set of combo.
1: So you're basically using the ignite like between the two combos, yeah. is that right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Awesome.
1: Um, I also wanted to ask you like about teleport. How do you use your teleport well? Um, like how do you evaluate whether you should uh TP to lane or if you're using it to gank? Uh, what kind of stuff are you looking for?
0: Generally, general, because like, is so weak that you will need to TP back to lane in most cases. A lot of people like to you know save TP for for ganking bot lane, ganking top or something. But as Echo, you're, you don't really mind having to TP back to lane. And you can also use it to your advantage. So for example, the enemy mid is not using TP. Just do some trades early game, hard trade. You both get pretty low, try to recall, and then you TP back, and then you win the lane just from having TP. So as Echo in the early game, the TP is for your own lane and to get yourself ahead and not really to help your team.
1: OK. That makes sense. All right, on to the runes. Uh, what are the options for Echo in terms of runes, and how do you kind of choose between those?
0: So in general, you just want to run standard Electrocute with Sudden Impact, the Eyeball Collection, or Ghost Borrow, and Ravenous Hunter. Can do some changes, but in general, that's the primary rune page you want to go. And secondary, I'm still experimenting a bit, because the, the new season has changed a lot of stuff. and. It's not very easy to say what's like on paper the best, because every like the different pages all have their strengths. Last season, I would run the Mini Dematerializer and the Magical Footwear every single game, because playing for that level 7 Q one-shot was really important. But this season, with Darkseal being so strong, you usually reach the, the AP threshold, even without having Mini Dematerializer. So... In second runes, you can you can go for quite a few options. For example, you can go Transcendence and Gathering Storm or Mana for Band. You can still run the standard Inspiration page with Mini Dematerializer. It's not m- mandatory at all because, you know, you reach the AP. Uh, a lot of players like to go Legend Tenacity because as Echo, everyone knows the feeling that that happens when you die with your R because you're CC'd. It can be really annoying. So a lot of Echo players have started, started running the Tenacity rune. But I think it's a matter of reference. I think when I'm playing in a very high yellow, where the games are pretty slow, I still like to run mini dematerializer. Because if you don't get any kills in the early game, it can be hard to get enough AP to one shot away with Q. So um, I've just been running mini dematerializer lately to, to make sure I can get the push at level 7. But uh, yeah, of course, I almost forgot to mention you can run other primary runes as well, such as Conqueror, if you're playing against playing some tanks. Because if you're playing against Galio, for example, having Electrocute, extra burst is really useless because he's so tanky. You want, If you want to kill him, you need to fight him for a long time. So, for example, against Galio mid lane, I like to run the Conqueror. Because the entire tree of Precision is really good into, for example, Galio. Because Conqueror lets you have a lot of damage in long fights. Uh, presence of Mind lets you get the mana sustain back because if you're fighting for a long time, you're going to run out of mana and you get Legend Tenacity which also helps against this taunt and the last rune, I usually like to run last stand because against Galio, you can get pretty low without him being able to kill you because his, uh, his cooldowns are so long so against tanks for example, Conquer is a really fine option but are also running Grasp of the Undying against Fizz kind of my secret technology against him because this is really hard to usually proc electrocuton because he's so mobile he will jump away all the time but if you go grasp you just trade with your e basically you don't really go for the passive proc you just trade with e on him and grasp proc can you you kind of play like a gangplank in a sense but instead of using gangplank q you use echo e on Gulan. yeah that's basically the runes okay Cool.
1: Yeah, I like those, uh, <laughs> The I guess the niche picks for specific uh, mid lane matchups. Uh, one other thing I was wondering about is Hail of Blades. Do you ever run that? Yeah, I've been
0: doing that a bit. Uh, I, I got that from watching uh, LCK. I don't really remember who it was. It was some LCK mid laner. I think it was Yukal, who was uh, playing Echo. And he was playing against Seer. And when I saw what he was like, uh, he took Hail of Blades and he took E level 1. As soon as Azir tried to poke him, because generally Equis is pretty weak at level 1, and midlaners like to abuse it, and walk past the wave, and poke you, and zone you off minions. But uh, he had Halo Blades, so he took E level 1 and jumped in, and he just smashed Azir from level 1. So I've been doing that against uh, Azir especially, because like there are some champs that you can't really punish level 1 with E because you will die or get outrated pretty hard. But most mages... That don't really have a lot of defensive options. Level one, it's really safe to just go ahead of blades because, like, such as a seer, if he wants to poke you, he has to use his W. And if you take E and E forward, you go out of his uh, W range and you can get a really good trade. It's the same thing about a lot of matchups. You can also do it against Suntra, for example. You just hold your E, and when she tries to Q, you just jump forward and trade level one. Um usually, Echo is like a, a victim of bullying in the early game but you, you really show those mages how to you show them that they can't bully you forever if you take yellow blades but also it, it is a bit uh, scary because cancelling one auto attack messing you up a little bit misclicking maybe it happens a lot of the time that you don't click perfectly and then they can manage to outrun you level one and then you're just kind of stuck there if you don't get your passive proc off and you will take a lot of damage but I definitely think it's it's worth to it give a try.
1: Okay, awesome. Um, yeah. So quickly about the early game. I know that we've been talking about this for a bit already, but I'm wondering also about your first item. Um, I know that there's basically two options, right? Corrupting potion or Dorn's ring. How do you kind of pick between those?
0: So i mean kind of going back and forth between Doran's ring and corrupting potion. I've been liking to go Dorn's ring in matchups where I actually want to kill people. And matchups where I don't really get poked. I've been doing it, for example, I did against Yon a few times, did against Silas. In those matchups, you have a pretty high kill potential in the early game. So getting that extra 15 AP uh, can make a big difference. And otherwise, I've been just really corrupting potion most of the time. You, you generally, you're generally going to get poked a bit in the lane, early lane. And it feels really bad to have to waste fifty gold potions just because you got hit by some poke. So just running really crafting potion in those matchups lets you heal up. And it also helps a bit later on. For example, when you hit level seven, when you just wanna push the wave and leave, the enemy mid will always try to poke you a bit before you push the wave in time. So if you if you you push the wave, they may be, they might deal like two hundred damage to you. You just go for a roam while you drink your potion, and you will be back to full HP. If you're not running Crafting Potion, that poke will be permanent, and eventually it will it will add up. So Crafting Pot is generally still the way to go.
1: OK, cool. So we've been talking about a few matchups already, like Syndra, Silas, Galio, et cetera. Um, what are some of the harder matchups for Echo? Uh,
0: Echo has quite a few hard matchups. Uh, I would say generally Echo struggles against melee champions. Uh, Echo's entire team is kind of being a quick mobile uh, mobile champion, but if you play against those champs where where everything is point and click or they can't really miss their abilities, it can be pretty hard. For example, playing as Kassadin. Kassadin is by far my least favorite matchup. I ban Kassadin every single game. He can't really miss his abilities. He is really tanky, he's a melee champ, so you don't really have an advantage even if you get uh, into melee range against him. Because that's kind of Echo's main thing. He has a really easy time getting onto a lot of the mages. If you're playing against Syndra or Rihanna, if you're, on, if you're jumping on them, you're going to win. But against Kassalin, for example, if you're jumping on him, you probably lose. And it's the same thing for most of Echo's matchups that are hard, like Aurelia. It's also a really hard matchup. She, she just absolutely destroys you in the 1v1. Same thing as Kassadin, she, she just beats you in melee range. Also, Ekko's really countered by healing. So any champ that builds some kind of lifesteal or any champ that has healing will also beat you. Such as Silas with his W, usually really hard to play against. Yon is pretty hard if you can't kill him early again, because he goes Immortal Shield Bow. Same thing about Yasuo. Champions that you can't really punish in lane, and also champs that you can't outscale. This is the reason why I've been wearing the teeping Knight, which has helped me quite a bit in those matchups, but they're still really hard. There's also... The champs are good in Dekoron, just only the, the melee champs. He also struggles, for example, against LeBlanc, because she's very mobile, she has a lot of CC. CC is not, not very fun to play against uh, when you play Neko. Like, LeBlanc can easily jump away from you, kite you, you on lane. There aren't many mages that can do that. LeBlanc is a bit unique in that sense. So I would say LeBlanc is probably the only the, the only hard range matchup for Echo.
1: Okay. How do you end up playing against those hard matchups? Like let's say, let's say LeBlanc, for example, um, I know that you said earlier that you kind of try to play passive anyway. Like is is that just your whole strategy or is there something specific that you do in those kinds of situations?
0: So against Leblanc, you have to be you have to be really scared and you have to respect her the entire, game, uh, the entire early game. And I usually just let her push the wave in. Whenever she tries to W me, I try the E away. And like if I'm not very low already from getting poked, what you can do is you can time your E to follow Leblanc back to her W. When she goes back to it, you can actually follow her. That's usually the, the easiest way to trade with her. Almost all of those hard matchups, they have some kind of way you can outplay, and it's usually it's usually about your E. Same thing is, for example, against Aurelia. Whenever she goes to tries to stun you with E, you just dodge it with your E, and then you jump on her. With Cassidy, you can actually follow his R with your E. So there are a lot of those small mechanics you can use to win those matchups. But in general, you just want to take it a bit slow, punish mistakes. That's what you want to do in the early game.
1: Following people with your E must be pretty hard to execute, right? How do, you, how do you practice that sort of thing?
0: It's just about knowing the game, knowing how, how people play, how people generally use their abilities. If you're playing against a lot of LeBlancs, you will notice they all have like their signs that they're going to, to W back. For example, LeBlanc jumping on you, she will, a lot of them will just jump back if you're acting scary. So for example, by walking towards her or E and then walking towards her will make her go away. And then you just click uh, E on her just before she goes back. Leblanc is one of the harder ones because her W is so instant. Against champions like... So then for example, he has a bit of a channel on his arm. So you can learn to time that. Same thing with Ezreal. You can learn to time to follow his, his dash. But a lot of the time, it's just about knowing how players usually act and what will make them use their dash.
1: All right, cool. Um, what are kind of the, the easier matchups for Echo?
0: Those are usually uh, the control mages. Echo is a pretty well-known counter to a lot of them. For example, Sundra. But I wouldn't say Sundra is the easiest matchup at all. For example, playing against the artillery mages, such as uh, Velkos or Sarai, I would say those are the easiest. I think 6 is really easy too, those long-range mages, because there are multiple reasons why Echo are good into them. They can't really punish Echo early game. Their abilities are skill shots, so they can be dodged by Echo's E. They don't really have enough damage in the early game even, Uh, and a lot of them struggle to actually poke through mini waves. For example, Vel'Koz, he can't do much to you if you just stand behind your minions. And Echo's wavecler is also really good, because if he can't get punished for pushing the wave, then, then he just has a free game. You just push every wave, and we mid has to wave clear too. Like, these mages, Vel'Kos, Six, Zaret, right, they have pretty good wave clear. But as soon as both of you have pushed the wave, Echo is the one who is in charge, because they constantly have to respect your W. They have to respect you jumping out from a bush or something. And in the early game, they can't do much about, uh, about you at all. You, you're in full control. If you push a wave, they can't follow you because they have to risk face checking into you. Uh, they're pretty slow, so you can move to a side lane faster than them. They just have to be really scared, and you you just have free reign in those matchups. Also, Ekko is a fast champion. When you proc your passive, for example, it's very hard for them to actually hit you with the skill shot. The champs don't really have any CC that can surprise you or any surprising burst, so you're You can usually just R back to full HP, or almost to full HP again. For example, Vel'Koz is very, very telegraphed that he's ulting you. Uh, There's no surprising burst that can catch you off guard. You can always ult to nullify their damage. It's kind of the same thing about Sundra, because Echo's R is just really good into Sundra's R. You just ult after she ults you, and you heal it all uh, back up. And then again, later on in the game, Echo wants to split push. There is no way those mages can actually try, uh, stop you 1v1, one because you just one-shot the wave, and then you just go into a fog of war, and they have to act really scared. Otherwise, you're just going to kill them.
1: OK. I know that you said earlier that usually you're kind of trying to get pushed in in the early game. Is it different for those control mages? You said that um, you control the lane if you're if you're actively pushing that. So, yeah, how, how are you trying to manipulate the lane in that way?
0: So, in the early game, the like, level 1, level 2, I don't ever push, no matter the matchup, basically. Unless it's, like, unless that playing very, very scared or something. Because there are some people that are scared to, to bully you. Some people that might not be familiar, familiar with the echo matchup or something, so they don't really punish. And in, in those matchups, you can go for the push. But in general, you're, you're always just happy getting pushed in, even against the freest matchups like Relicos or Sarat. Because the only uh, way you can actually lose against these champs is if you do some stupid stuff early on, or you get poked, or try to push, and they manage to hold the wave and you get ganked, something like that. So it's a very simple strategy to do in these lanes. You just sit back, farm with Q, level 1, level 2. When you hit level 3, you take one extra point in Q instead of taking W. And when you have two points in queue, you just need two queues to clear the entire wave. So that's generally what you're playing for. If you're playing to get level 3, then you just throw two queues at the wave. And then from from that point, you can keep doing that the entire game. The reason you can't do this level 1 is because level 1 you actually need to queue three times. And that, that takes a lot of time because your queue is on a 9 second cooldown. It takes 18 seconds if you're spamming queue off cooldown. Compared to the 9 seconds, it takes and when you're level three. OK, cool.
1: I, uh, I like that approach. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about is, um, in my experience, mid lane is uh, by far the lane that gets the most traffic from junglers, right? How do the jungle picks factor into how you're playing the laning phase?
0: Yeah, jungle is, is a really important thing when you're playing Echo, both your jungler and the enemy jungler. There are, there are some ways you can play or you have to play depending on who you're playing against. For example, if you're playing against something like Lee Sin, you have to be really scared. Because Lee Sin can, he can come from anywhere, he does a lot of damage, he can follow your... Even if you're mobile, he can still follow you easily. So if you're playing against Lee Sin, you need to be a bit more considerate about how you're playing the game. Especially when he hits level 6, he can easily burst you with his uh, QRQ combo, so you can't even... Uh, to, uh, to save yourself. If you're playing against no. other, like the farming junglers, you can usually play laning phase a bit more chill, you can put a bit more for priority in the lane. I would say the easiest junglers to play against when you're playing Echo, I would, I would say Olaf, for example. He has been meta now lately, and playing against Olaf is usually pretty free for you because his ganks are very, very weak, I would say. You can just away to dodge his, his Q and then you're fine. But there are some champions that that you struggle against. Uh, but those champions can be shut down early on, so you won't struggle. For example, generally, if you're playing Echo and enemy M- team has Skarner, Skarner is also pretty strong right now, uh, it's not fun to play. But if you can actually do something something about it early game, uh, the game gets a lot more easier. That's why when I play Echo, I really like to play with those kind of aggressive junglers, like Rek'Sai, uh, Kindred, those kind of uh, champions that can actually have some control on the map early on.
1: Okay, um, so how do you prevent the enemy jungler from being able to gank you?
0: That's generally a, a very important thing to think about when you play Echo. You know, you yeah. have the obvious answer to ward, but not that simple. You should uh, you should really focus on on putting down, uh, putting down vision ambition on one side of the map where you know the enemy jungler will be. You have to track them to be able to do that. Always pay attention to where the enemy jungler starts because. If you know where they start, you know where they will be at most of the time in the game. For example, if they start top side, it means they will probably be back top side in around two minutes when their camp spawn again. And you kind of just play with that information. And um, as I go, you you can make yourself pretty ungankable, especially in the early game by getting pushed in. This is another reason why getting pushed in is a pretty good uh, thing. As I go, you just let them mid push the first levels, and eventually your wave is so fast that. The enemy jungler won't even have time to gank you before the wave is gone, and then you just back off and you can't die. OK.
1: Um, as for your jungler, um, how do you set things up so uh, so that he can gank your lane? There
0: are some ways to do it. Again, getting pushed in early game, it uh, puts the enemy with mid laner at risk. They have to walk pretty far up to, to poke you, to push you in. Play the game, they have to walk far up. And um, uh, then uh, you can just take W, uh, w place W behind them. And um, if your jungler is coming while the lane is pushed towards you, you can easily get a flash uh, with a good W placement. It's very important to know how to use your W as I because there are a lot of players who like they put it way too close to the enemy. It's it's re- it's uh, very important to put your W far behind them. If you think you have to place your W somewhere, generally you want to place it a bit further behind than you think you have to. And it will usually get a kill or a flash. Echo has a really good gank setup. And then then later on, you want to use your priority to help your jungler, uh, especially in higher levels of play where, uh, where the games are more coordinated. You can team up with your jungler. For example, you push the wave. Your jungler will understand that you're going to push a wave. You can move together with him, maybe four-man gank. And you can become kind of a second jungler, and it makes the game a lot more easier for for your jungle as well, because he can do whatever he wants if you're following him. It's all about abusing Echo's uh, pushing power and teaming up with the jungle. All right.
1: Um. Really quickly, just to go back on like the the setup for a gank. You you talked about your W placement. Generally, what what is going through your mind when uh, you see the jungler is about to gank? Like, how do you use your abilities? Do you use them immediately, or do you keep them to follow up on CC? That kind of stuff. What What is going through your
0: mind? That depends a lot. Uh, usually, if I see like my uh, that uh, my jungler is starting to move towards me, I like to try to bait out the important abilities, such as uh, like Syndra stun or something like that. Because usually you will lose the trade if you trade into a Syndra who has her stun up. But if your jungler is coming, you're fine to lose a trade, because if you blow her an important ability, you will get some damage off. I think it's a very important thing that not many people realize, is if you're going to get a gank, taking a bad trade is very good to do. Because if the enemy is low, it doesn't really matter that that you are low as well, because you are one me too. And I also think about, you know, where should I place my W, it's a very, very big deal. Should I place it to cut off their escape? Should I place it to shield myself in case they try to turn on me? You have to evaluate the situation. And, and it, it's a very hard thing to do in general, but it's something you learn to do.
1: All right, awesome. Um, you did mention earlier, like kind of trying to help your jungler and moving with your jungler, especially when you've cleared the wave. Um, before that, though, I know that in the early levels, you you like to get pushed in. Uh, but isn't that an issue for the first scuttle crab? I know that mid lane is important for that, right?
0: Yeah, it can be a bit uh, of an issue. Uh, but again, it's a pretty hard thing in the game and a lot of games are lost because junglers are going for crabs they shouldn't go for. I, I don't think I should I, I don't really like to to change my entire playstyle just for my jungler to get a crab. I usually prefer to tell my jungler, yeah, go for the other crab, it's fine, we don't need to we don't need to lose the game because you want a crab. But uh, it, it's still possible to get priority for the crab, for example, by taking another point in Q level two. Even if you push in, you can just do it twice, it takes 8.5 seconds, and then the wave is gone. Then you can help your jungle. And you usually can do that by the point that you are by the point that the skull crab spawns, you can actually you can actually help. But I am not a big fan of those early game random fights because Echo isn't, Echo isn't the best champion in the early game. and uh, A lot of the time you're already pretty poked out if you're playing a hard matchup or playing as a good player. I think grab is a big reason why I lose games.
1: <laughs> Alright. Um. So when or from what point on do you start to roam as Echo? Um, how do you choose when to roam?
0: It really depends on your matchup and how the map looks like. Uh, it's like, usually you're not in charge of the lane as I go, right? So you have to use the opportunities that you are gi- given. For example, if you TP back to lane after uh, after recalling, you can uh, usually get priority for like one or two waves. And while you're pushing the wave, you always wanna look for potential roams. You always wanna make sure you use your push for something. You don't wanna push the, la- the wave for no reason. You, o- you always want to have a good reason to do it. Either if it's you push into uh, the roam, Push into ward, push into recall, or even push in just to to scale if you're outscaling the enemy mid really hard. For example, I was playing a game yesterday. I was playing against uh, Rice, which is usually a matchup where you struggle in the early game. But the Rise player was a bit scared. I think he was respecting my jungler or something. So at level 4, I got to push the wave in. And instead of recalling or not doing anything, I had been planning. Since Rice pushed me in like two min- or one minute ago, I'd already been planning my play. So I was pushing the wave, pushed the wave in super fast, and ran straight top and dove the enemy top laner. And we won the game of that. So you have to uh, always analyze the map, what you can do, and what's going to happen. It is possible to roam in the early game, it's not, it's not very likely to happen, but it can happen. Uh, especially the easiest way uh, to roam as Echo is definitely to dive. Usually, if the enemy t- if the enemy has pushed up, they can just leave. But if, uh, you- if they have a wave on their turret, they can't really leave. And if they leave, they will lose a lot of XP and farm. So generally, you want to look for dives in the side lanes. Uh You can do it early game, but again, the most realistic time to be able to roam as Echo is level 7 or level 9 because that's when you have enough AP to watch the wave. You will have almost a full 30 seconds before the next wave comes to roam. And when you also have ult, it's very safe to dive. There is almost no risk at all. That's generally how I play to roam.
1: Okay. Do you prefer to roam bot side or top side? Or what factors go
0: into that? You have to think about their champions and what they can do to you, and also their levels, for example. If I'm playing Echo uh, and I'm level 7, I just want you the wave, and I see the enemy bot lane is level 4, level 5, I'm going to go run bot most of the time. But again, if they have Braum or something like that, the champ that are, is really hard to dive if they're pretty high HP, can't really do that. So you always have to evaluate. I think the easiest thing to do is to dive top lane in general, or Braum top lane, because top lane champs usually have a good setup for your roams. Like Renekton, Camille, you know those champs. That's also one of the things I think about when I go for a roam. Is what kind of setup do I have? If I have a Renekton on my team, he can usually push whenever he wants. He has easy to hit CC. So I like to roam to like Renekton lane, for example, or Camille lane. But it also it depends. It depends a lot. Also, where my jungle is, for example, if my jungle is bot side, I'll go bot with him. If my jungle is top side, I'll go top with him. There are a lot of factors that go into Where you want to roam, and you generally just want to go for the safest roam. Okay, that makes sense. Cool.
1: Let's talk about the mid game for a bit. Um, So, generally speaking, what is Echo's role in the mid game?
0: In the mid game, your role is is definitely to sit in the side lane, get the get a lot get a lot of farm, uh, steal jungle camps both from the enemy jungle and your jungle, since you're side lining either. after to top lane, you want to take creeps and gromp whenever they respawn. In the mid game, your goal is just to get as strong as possible, as fast as possible. So pushing the waves. If you're ahead, you want to farm as much as possible, and then you want to collapse on the enemy team. Or if it's impossible, you want to try to kill your whoever tries to match you. You want to try to kill him. And if like that's only if you're ahead, though. Like if you're ahead, you want to play super aggressive. You want to be moving constantly, threatening to roam, taking over the map. If you're behind though, you're kinda just happy farming up because the echo scales like he scales like crazy. If you get to that three, four item power spike, you're gonna be taking over the game. So if you're behind, focus on farming up. Uh, if you're in a sideline, don't necessarily have to push. Because the only reason you're gonna push is if you have a goal, if you have something you wanna accomplish. So yeah, that's if you're ahead, that's why you wanna push steel jungle camps in Rome. If you're behind are very happy just sitting in a sideline farming with auto uh just trying to deny the enemy.
1: So, does the does it factor in uh, whether you've taken the mid lane turret or whether the enemy has taken uh, your mid lane turret? So, let's say for example that you have taken down the mid turret. Maybe the the jungler used Herald or something. Um, does that change your play style or uh, yeah? How does that factor in?
0: If my jungler takes the mid turret, then. I'm usually very happy to uh, to be permanently running towards bot lane, for example, because I would have a lot of time to uh, to move around before I have to be back mid. If you if mid turret is down, you can go pretty deep uh, on the map and you can come from pretty creative angles to gank bot lane because when you take the mid turret, you want to you wanna free up your bot lane because you don't really want to stay mid for that long. You don't want to be in a long lane all by yourself, while your bot lane is sitting in lane, you want to get into sideline. You don't want to be the center of attention after the turret has fallen. Because you already got the turret now. Now your job is to do something else. So I usually look to free up my bot lane, try to dive enemy bot lane, try to get that bot lane turret down so that I can take over bot lane, and then my bot lane can go somewhere else. OK.
1: Um, if instead things don't go as well, and maybe the enemy takes your mid towers first, um, what do you do in that situation? Do you still go into the side lane or do you uh, stay mid?
0: Uh, that that really depends because if you go side lane, your bot lane has to be mid. And the problem about playing side lane and split pushing with Echo is that the enemy team can just kill your team. So if there's no mid turret, there's a lot of safety removed from your bot lane. If the mid turret is down, I'm usually happy just standing mid, trying to get some defensive wars from. Uh, for my bot lane, so they don't get roamed on. Generally, if you lose mid turret as Echo, you're you're going to have a hard game, because transitioning into the sideline gets a lot harder. Enemy mid has a lot of freedom. OK. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. Um, one thing that we haven't talked about so far is um, items. So what are some of the core items for Echo?
0: You have the first item that's been core for a long time. It's the Hextech Rocket Belt. Used to be a protobelt, still call it protobelt sometimes. It's just such a perfect item for Echo. It. go. You get HP which is nice so you don't get one shot while CC'd or something so you can R. You get decent amounts of AP, you have a good build path, and the, yeah, the active is just perfect because in League a lot of the, the ways you get kills is uh, by having like an element of surprise like flash or something like that because a lot of like most players they always play around abilities but they, they usually don't think about flash or items for example that generally the way you get kills it's by flashing on people or something like that so the fact that uh, rocket belt uh, resets your auto attack basically because you just use eq rocket belt and then your next auto attack is so quick that it catches people off card even in like challenger and the best players on the server get caught co- off card by that so definitely the Rocket Belt is the core item that you want to go every single game, at least for now. Uh, secondary, Lich Bane has always been the standard Echo second item. Last season, uh, some, there was an LEC mid laner. he contacted me and asked me about some Echo builds. And he was like, I told him that you should go Hexec, uh, Belt and then Lich Bane. And he was like, but what? have you tried the Nashitude? Why not Nashitude? I was like, eh, I don't think it's that good. But then I tried it a few times, and it actually turned out to be really, really good, especially for uh, my side landing playstyle, because the extra attack speed, some extra consistent damage, just lets you farm so much faster. So right now for me, Nashor's Tooth is kind of a core second item most of the time. And Lich Bin is more situational. For example, if you are snowballing very hard, since Lich Bain has gotten nerfed quite a few times now, the only the only positive thing about Lich pain compared to natural suit is the movement speed you get. So if you're if you really need the movement speed, then Lichpin is definitely the best item. Generally, I prefer Nash's suit right now. And then you know you have the rubadons. Rubadons is really expensive, but it's a perfect item for Echo. If you can afford to go it, you should always do it. Echo has really good AP scalings from the time uh, where tank echo was uh, broken they kept nerfing his uh, base damages and they kept buffing his scaling so he has some pretty sick AP scalings for example his Earth has 150% scaling his shield has like 150% or something 200% I don't remember uh, and uh, he has really insane AP scalings so Rabadon's if it's possible you should definitely pick it up uh, and also Magis echo is a very safe champion in general you're so fast, your earth is your earth, your, your Earth allows you to make mistakes and still survive. So magis is a very nice pickup on echo in almost any game.
1: Okay, So do you always pick up magis, or is it kind of situational? In what cases would you pick it and in which cases wouldn't you?
0: Magis is magis is of course, a risk related item. You're taking a risk when you buy it. There's a reason people always talk about the Medias curse. You die, you lose all your stacks. But in general, almost every single game, I think Medias is pretty good. First of all, it counts like uh, it counts as a legendary item, so it gives you the mythic passive bonus from Rocket Belt. So you get five percent. I mean, you get five magic penetration just from buying it. Like even if you're behind, I think Medias is a really good option because it gives you a comeback mechanic. If you you're really far behind, let's say. Let's say enemy team has like 30 kills, your team has 10 kills. If you get a good fight, get like a few kills, get some major stats. The game is way more winnable because every single kill from Magi's is 20 AP, which means every single kill is not it's not 300 gold value, it's 700 gold value. So it lets you come back really easily. And I've won a lot of games, even if I'm behind, by buying Magi's. People say like, okay, but what if I die and lose my stacks? But if you play well, you're not going to die. Um, and merges also makes you focus more because you get really scared of dying. It just makes you play better, I think, and more considerate.
1: Okay, um, you'd always try to buy Darkseal early, though, right?
0: Yeah, generally, my first uh, first buy every single uh, every single game. Okay,
1: um, do you ever buy Zonia's or like in what situations would you buy it?
0: So Zonia's is kind of known as. Okay, you know the really good item on Echo. You can use W and then Sonias inside your W, or you can use Sonias and then they will group up, and then you can R on top of yourself. But that combo, like even if it's good against players who who aren't very smart, you actually will fall for those trades. It's even if it works sometimes, I don't think it's worth it because going Sonias, you just lose so much damage. You're investing a lot of gold into armor, which is a lot of time, not even not even good. If you need armor, you're happy with a Seeker's Arm Guard, and Sonya's active. Echo kind of already has a Sonya's in his arm, you don't really need two. So I think Sonya's a lot of the time is really wasted because it also delays your other items. Echo really needs Rabadon's, he really needs uh, Void stuff eventually against Heavy MR. So in general, I think Sonya's is pretty bad. The only reason you want to go Sonya's it's maybe if you're super fed and you have twenty five stacks on your medias and you just wanna be a bit more safer because if you're already one shotting the enemy, it's better to invest in some defensive items.
1: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, finally, let's talk a little bit about the late game. Um, how do you approach team fights in the late game?
0: So as Echo generally trade up team fighting, like classic team fighting, that's not really his thing. In a dream world, you will always want to push a sideline and then you want to approach a team fight from either behind or from one of the sides. Running straight in head first, it's very risky. You want to get with your W first and a lot of the time while you're running towards your W, if you're just running face first into the enemy team, they will throw CC and throw damage at you and it just won't work. You need to try to get, uh, get into the fight from an angle. Even if if uh let's say i'm I'm playing a 5 v five face off at dragon or something where both teams are just standing there throwing abilities poking, I always want to look for look for a way to get behind them so I don't need to be jumping through their front line with CC I don't need to so I don't need to really risk anything because as Echo, you're not the primary engage you wanna you want to wait a bit and then you want to go in after the important CC abilities are used you always want to look out for any important CC that generally messes you up, like Cassiopeia, for example. If you playing his Cassio, look out for her W. Playing as Sundra, look out for her E. Then you can go. You always need to look out for the key CC abilities. Then you engage when when the enemy don't expect it.
1: Right. Okay. So are you also when it comes to teleporting the late game? Are you also just keeping that and split pushing so you can teleport into the fights and kind of on purpose arrive a bit late?
0: Yep. Uh, that's. Exactly how I play, push out. Maybe I push a bit too much sometimes, just making sure I get all the gold. Then uh, I always look TP. Echo thrives in fights where where enemies are split up, and when they don't have their abilities up, that's exactly when when you want to go in. When the people are scattered, and you can pick them off one by one. Okay, cool.
1: Um, How do you end the game?
0: There are some ways to end the game as Echo. Usually, it's just by winning a team fight, uh, you push, get a good flank, kill enemies, either pick a Baron, or just end the game. But uh, sometimes, even like, if the game goes really, really, really long, you can just stay in this island instead of having to fight, and you can try to end the game yourself. Because when you when you get into the late game with, you know, Lich Pain, and Astro Tooth, stuff like that, 1000 AP, you melt turrets. And I've won so many games just by... Just by pushing myself, just waiting until an object spawns, for example, Baron or Eldritch or something, or even Dragon Soul, and instead of trying to TP and save my team, I just go for the Nexus. That happens actually quite often.
1: All right, cool. Finally, just a few more questions about basically your high-level view on the game. Um, from your perspective, how important is teamwork and communication? Um, for context, I'm asking this because. It seems that you stop most games and you get all the kills. Um, so I'm wondering if that means that you feel like you don't re- need to rely on your teammates or something like that.
0: Yeah, I think in solo queue, communication teamwork is really overrated, I think. A lot of time, especially in lower levels, uh, you should definitely disregard your team. You you shouldn't need your team to be able to win games most of the time. You should just have a very, especially as Echo, you you should have a very selfish playstyle. Uh, like communication is fine. Uh, when I'm playing Echo I like to say, okay, this matchup, I will get pushed early game. It's pretty hard early, but eventually I will be winning. Just give my team some information in the early game to work with so they can play around it. But generally, like, a lot of the time, especially on West, people are very, very toxic. So I play, I just uh, play a lot of my games with everyone in the game muted. Their pings, their chat, everything muted. I just play my own game. I work with that because... Not only do I not get distracted by my team, but also I think, I think for improvement, I think you should only make your own decisions. If you're sitting listening to your team's pings, you're you're not really learning. You're you're getting told what to do. You should. I think it's better to think for yourself. Yeah. So I think teamwork and communication is a bit overrated.
1: Okay, interesting. Uh, I have heard of people obviously just muting their entire team, but I haven't heard many people who just mute all the pings as well. Um, do you feel that you miss out on information in that, or or is it really just kind of siloing yourself so you can make your own decisions?
0: Like I do, I do miss out on some information, but there are there's so much cluster and useless things going on. So the most important thing you miss is kind of is maybe flash, uh, like when people ping flashes. But still, it I think if you want to become the best league player, if like. My goal is definitely to become like rank one, to become that super player, you know, like an unstoppable player. If you want to do that, you shouldn't need your team to be telling you anything. And it's like, You should be able to make every decision yourself if you want to become the best. That's what I think. You should be able to gather all the information yourself. It's not easy, but I think that's a goal at least to work towards.
1: All right. Really putting all the pressure on yourself, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Kind
1: of in a similar vein, would you say that playing Echo is more about mechanical skill or um, I don't know about game knowledge and map awareness that kind of stuff?
0: Assassins, I think generally assassins are basically all mechanics, like sed arena stuff like that. They are very reliant on good mechanics, but at a certain point, game knowledge and brains they, they do matter. Even even if you're playing some hyper mechanic champ, let's say you were like mailing a vein top or something, or yeah, any champ that would just need insane mechanics. Mechanics can get you so far, but to become really good, you need to you need to be smart about the game. I think Echo is one of the champs that mechanics aren't that important with. Uh, you don't need to be the best player in the world to play Echo at a decent level. He has his Q, which is takes a lot of effort if you want to miss your Q. Uh, your E, point and click. But a lot of the reasons why people complain about Echo is he has basically untouchable damage. Uh, But again, you need mechanics, of course. For example, your R and your W. But definitely, I think being good at the game, being able to move, use the fact that you have insane wave players, stuff like that. I think that's the most important part.
1: Okay. Um, How do you improve your playstyle?
0: I think you should, if you want to improve, the best way is definitely definitely to... uh, to watch players who do the same thing as you, or play the same champion. I think, like, watching people, it, it's really helpful, Helpful, but also just playing yourself, learning, grinding. It's just about putting effort into it. If you want to get good, you need to play a lot, watch people who are good, and also you need a really good mentality. Having a learning, learning mentality will make you improve so much faster. There are so many people who are stuck in lower ranks, complaining about their teammates, stuff like that. If you want to improve yourself and become a good player, you have to only focus on yourself.
1: What makes for a good learning mentality, in your view?
0: Mm, someone who always blames themselves for their losses. If you want to have a good learning mentality, you can't be sitting here thinking, I'm stuck because of this and this player. Ah, oh, this guy is so bad. You have to disregard your team. You will have. Everyone has bad teams. Absolutely every single player will have bad teams. And there's nothing you can do about it. You have to really forget about the things that you can change and only focus on the things that you can change yourself. Cool.
1: All right. Um, I have one last question. What is the best Echo skin?
0: I really like True Damage, but I've been using it so much that lately I've been, been going a bit back and forth between Sandstorm and True Damage. I think they're pretty even. But if I would say one, it's probably True Damage without Chroma, the base one. It's probably the best. All
1: right. Um, yeah, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This, uh, this has been crazy. I've, I've learned a lot, especially about the laning phase, kind of the, the micro for Echo, the roaming, all kinds of stuff. Th- this has been really cool. Um, yeah, where can people find out more about
0: you? I do stream uh, on Twitch whenever I have the chance. Twitch.tv slash lucky. I also have a guide on Mobile Fire trying to kind of explain my playstyle, And I also have an Excel document or spreadsheet kind of thing where I have listed every single matchup that you will ever face when you play Echo. I think I have like 90 matchups or something explained in detail.
1: Awesome. All right. Thank you so much for, uh, for being here. And uh, I'll be sure to link those as well uh, in the description. That concludes this episode of Challenger Insights. If you want to stay up to date with the podcast, be sure to follow us on Twitter or join the Discord. The links for both of these will be in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider sending it to someone who you think would be interested in it as well. Thank you for listening.